Hello, Texans, and welcome to the podcast. Such a pleasure to have you listening. Now, we've got Frank Frangie on the show today. We had him on a few weeks ago. He's the voice of the Jaguars. Always interesting to catch up with him, find out what's going on in North Florida with the Jags and with everything else. In fact, I asked him a convention and visitors bureau type of question about the greater Jacksonville area. And if you love golf, it's a great place to go. You know, Sawgrass is there with that 17th Island Green. Yes, I have played it before. And yes, on my tee shot, I did land on the green, but I was far from the pin and I three-putted. So that's my story about Sawgrass on 17 as the Texans venture to Jacksonville this weekend. Now, you have nine games left. I call it the back nine. Another golf reference. What's it going to take to go on a little run here? And what does a run really do for you? You know, who in their right mind would look at the conference standings and start thinking about playoff possibilities for a 1-6 team? Me, this guy. Look, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but I'm the Norman Vincent Peel of Sports Talk Radio, and I love it when really positive things happen, when great runs happen. And this team has done it a few times. Uh, I don't know if it happens this year. I like the chances a whole lot better if the league decides to go with eight teams per conference. That would be pretty cool. Of course, if that happens, I think they're looking at a possibility of missed games. I think for a one-off year, half the league getting into the postseason is fine. A tournament format similar to 1982. We talked about it with McLean on the show. And in 1982, you had a strike-shortened year. I think it was 56 days off total. They played nine regular season games and went into a 16-team playoff field in a 28-team league at the time, by the way. There were no Jags, Carolina, Cleveland remade, and the Houston Texans, of course. 28 teams in the NFL back then. And it was kind of fun to have that postseason that way that year. The championship games, it was Washington and Dallas, and Washington won it. Gary Hogaboom started for the Cowboys. And in the AFC, it was Richard Todd and the New York Jets going to Miami and losing to the Killer Bees and the Dolphins with David Woodley. This is the year before Marino showed up, played in the Super Bowl and lost to Washington. You might remember that Riggins famous fourth and one play where he went for a touchdown. That's the iconic play from that particular Super Bowl, capping a 16-team playoff tournament field. I thought it was pretty cool, and I'd like to see it this year. As far as the Texans right now, Yeah, if you're calculating, they're three games out of a spot. Never mind how many teams there are between them and that spot, but they're three games out of a spot, which is a lot in the NFL. But you have nine games left. If the Texans were to somehow reel off four of five or five of six, you know, I think you'd be one or two games out at that point with a chance. And you know what? Why not give me a chance, meaning give us a chance, give us a chance, make it interesting going into December, go on a little roll here. You got the Jags, you got Cleveland, no one's saying that's going to be easy, you have to go up there and beat Baker, and as Johnny Harris would say, sometimes you get good Baker, sometimes you get bad Baker, or was that John McClain? I don't know, it was one of the Johns. And then you have the Patriots coming in here, which is admittedly not a very great Patriot team at all, they're 2-5 and five right now, but... You still have the head coach, and he's still one of the greatest defensive coordinators ever, so who knows how that's going to turn out. And then you go to Detroit for Thanksgiving on a short week, of course. I just think it's going to be interesting. These next four games will determine if you're going to have a really interesting December or if you're just playing game to game and just trying to enjoy yourself on a Sunday afternoon. I think they've got a shot here to make a little hay. They played well against Tennessee, not well enough to win, well, you could say they played well enough to win a play. One play would have made the difference, and you could pick any which one you want down the stretch there. And Tennessee's 5-2. and two. 
So there you were at their place with a great chance to beat them, unable to do it. But, man, that was so close. So, look, if you play that well offensively, and maybe that's a lot to ask, and a little bit better defensively, uh, you got a chance to uh, really go on a little roll here with the schedule being what it is. I mean, the last I checked, Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, Lamar Jackson, they're not walking through that door, okay? They're not walking through anytime soon. If you see any one of those guys again, you're going to be so happy because that means you're playing in January. So let's just table that for now and look at the quarterbacks you're facing. Jake Luton this weekend, Baker Mayfield next, Cam Newton after that at your place, and then Matthew Stafford, and he's the box of chocolates in the Forrest Gump film. I mean, he's you never know what you're going to get. You usually get some really great throws. You might not get a great performance. Stafford is an interesting quarterback because he's regarded – so highly, yet he's only had four winning seasons since he entered the league in 2009. I mean, what does that say about him? I'm not so sure, but it says a lot about their organization. When you have a really good quarterback, I don't know if I'd call him a great quarterback, but he can be. But he's been really good at the very least, and he's had four winning campaigns. And by the way, how are they feeling about dismissing Jim Caldwell now? You know, Caldwell, to me, is a winner. He's a winning coach and they showed him the door after 9 and 7 and man would they love to be 9 and 7 this year 9 and 7 probably gets them in in the NFC even though that division's tough obviously with Green Bay Chicago obviously giving people a game uh Minnesota's always going to give you a game even if it's a bad record for them right now kind of like the Texans and more that's another one that really stings and speaking of the Texans again got to play better in the first half outscored 120 to 64 in the first halves of games. And think about the halftime margin or the halftime point production. Never mind what the opponent has. Green Bay had zero at the half. Tennessee had 10 at the half. You erupted for 26 after the half. Against Jacksonville, even, you only had 10 at the half. And look, sometimes that's good enough, okay? But way too often, they've been on the really low side in point production in the first half. The high watermark this year is 21 at Pittsburgh. And they entered the fourth quarter with the lead in that game, unable to hang on. And think about this. You entered the fourth quarter with the lead against Tennessee, Jacksonville, and Pittsburgh. Look, you're not going to win every game in which you lead going into the fourth quarter. But how much better would two wins look right now? Two extra wins. You'd be three and four after seven. You'd be right in the race for the division, right in it. And that just shows you the fine line of the national Football League. All right, let's get to Frank Frangie here, voice of the Jaguars. There's a whole lot of shaking going on in North Florida this weekend. All we've got going on here in Jacksonville is a is an election nationally, uh, Florida Georgia game, which is the biggest annual amateur event in our city, and a brand new quarterback who's never taken a snap before playing the Houston Texans. Other than that, it's quiet around here, Mark. All's good. What's the fan turnout going to be like at the game formerly known as the world's largest outdoor cocktail party? Yeah, here's what's interesting. There's going to, there's going to be between eighteen and 20,000 at the game, which obviously the game normally sells out 85,000. They bring in extra seats, as you know. It's going to be between eighteen and 20,000 seating. But I'm tell- and, and some of the lots around the stadium marker or the city lots are not available for tailgating. But all the private lots, all the commercial lots around there are, I'm told, they're all sold out. So it's going to be a crazy cocktail party. I believe, this is my guess now, a crazy cocktail party outside of the stadium. And then once the game begins, about eighteen to 20,000 inside. So uh, surreal times, brother, uh, as, as ever, and certainly evidenced by that game. How have the crowds been for the Jaguar games? 
you know, they, they said about uh, they can sell about 17,000. It's probably close to that, Mark, maybe a little fewer. You know, people aren't quite sure what to do. Um, but it looks weird. It looks weird to all of us. But uh, they can have 17,000, and I think that's about what they're getting uh, spread out throughout the stadium, just like all these college and pro games that where they're not selling, where they're, they're, they're allowing just so many people. I think you'll get about the so many people. So fifteen to 17,000 is, I think, what will be here on, uh, on Sunday. What level of concern do you have for the field conditions on Sunday following the Florida-Georgia game? You know, the bad news is they've not done this very often, if at all. So you're playing back-to-back games. But two things. The field crew here is really good. The field here is really good. And they are doing that now at some places. Pittsburgh does it on a regular basis. The Pitt Panthers and the Steelers both play home games on that field. And they found a way with drainage and the way they've built it. Uh, to get it ready. Mark, I wouldn't want to see them do that on a regular basis. I really wouldn't, and I don't think you'll see that. Uh, I wouldn't want to see it over the course of the year like they do in Pittsburgh and some other cities, Miami among them, Miami, Pittsburgh, uh, a few cities do that. But for one game, I think it'll be fine. I, they, they're well aware of what they're doing. They've been ahead of this thing. I think the field, the maintenance crew here is very good, and it's a great field. It's a great draining field. It's a, it's great turf. So I don't I don't sense the weather's been – it's going to rain some, but the weather's been pretty good for the most part. So I don't sense that's going to be a big deal. Frank Frangie, voice of the Jaguars, joining us. Tell us about the mystery man, Jake Luton. What do you think we're going to see on Sunday? Boy, it's interesting, isn't it, Mark? I don't think anybody knows. Remember now, like like you, like the rest of us, we can't see as much of practice as we saw in the past. Mm-hmm. We can't spend time in the locker room like we did in the past, getting to know these guys. I'm not on planes. We're not traveling. We're doing our road games remotely. So – so in past years, I could have told you all about my gut, what, he, what, he, what he's like, what he's like on the plane, what he's like at the hotel, yeah. what I've seen in practice. There isn't as much of that. What I will tell you is this. They really like him. He is some of the things they weren't sure Gardner would ever have. Gardner Minshew's a gamer, and he's a tough-nosed guy, and he's one of the most well-liked guys that come around here in a long time. Everybody kind of caught up in the Minshew mania and the jorts and the aviators and the mustache. But apart from all that, he was a good dude and is a good dude, and hopefully he'll get healthy and be back soon. But he was always going to be challenged from the standpoint that he doesn't have a plus arm and he's not a big guy. He's a six-feet-tall guy, Mark, as you know. Um, Luton is six six and can really spin it now. So this is a big guy with a big arm, so relatively athletic. So I think all the, the, the measurables are there. The question is, how will he play when the lights are on and it's an NFL game? Remember, he's never played in an NFL uniform, Mark. Not a preseason game, not a mop-up duty. He's never played a football game wearing an NFL, not even one play, because there was no preseason. So uh, your guess is as good as mine. They like him. He's got the measurables. We'll see how he plays when the lights are on. If it weren't for the injury, is Minshew still playing, or is it time to reevaluate or just evaluate what you have on the roster going into 2021? What do you think there? You, you, You know, there was no conversation about that. There was no conversation that they were anywhere close to moving on to the next guy. Now, logic tells you if he's not playing at a great level, and Gardner was playing okay. He wasn't playing badly. He wasn't playing great. Logic tells you you're one and six. Even if he had not gotten hurt, when you get to if you if you wind up one and seven or one and eight or whatever, and then all of a sudden your season becomes one of evaluation, do you now look at a lot of guys at a lot of spots, including quarterbacks? So logic would tell you there was a possibility 
that down the road, even if Gardner hadn't gotten injured, they might have taken a look-see at Jake Luton because, again, he is a guy they really like. They think he's very mature. But, there, but Mark, to your question, there had been no conversation about that. There had been no conversation about pulling the quarterback until the thumb injury kind of reared its head this past week. Frank Frangi, voice of the Jaguars, joining us. Okay, what do the Jaguars do well offensively that the Texans need to be concerned with? I think everybody knows the one thing they found is this running back, Mark. He is really good, man. James Robinson, I, I will tell you, we have of the things the Jaguars have not had here, they've had good running backs. Fred Taylor's one of the best backs in league history, in my opinion. I think he should be in the Hall of Fame, and I hope he gets there one day. Maurice Jones-Drew led the league in rushing one year and was a terrific back for this team. Um, I think Leonard Fournette had some good moments. And Natron Means in the very early years led him to an AFC championship game. So of all the things they haven't had here, we've had good running backs, like really good running backs, in my opinion. Mark, this guy's right there. He uh, to, to, fact, to, to believe that this guy never got drafted, was not drafted, was an unsigned free agent out of Illinois State. He is mature. He sees the holes. Every, we always like to compare guys running, running styles, right? And let me be clear about this. I'm talking about styles, not accomplishments, because when you start comparing a new guy to a guy, a grade of years gone by, someone says, Frangie said he was as good as so-and-so. I'm not saying that. But in terms of running styles, his running style is Emmett Smith. He's not the fastest guy. He's not the biggest guy, but he never misses a hole, and he turns one-yard runs into four-yard runs, uh, catches the ball out of the backfield. So the best part of this team, in my opinion, James Robinson, I think, has been their best offensive player. The other thing is, if Jake gets the ball out, and if he throws accurately, and we don't know that yet, uh, the receivers are pretty good. The DJ Chark is going to be a good receiver in the league. Uh, the rookie, LaVisca Chenault, will as well. Mm. So some good receivers, but a really good running back, Mark. I really like this back, James Robinson. Yeah, I think Chenault is a nice weapon, and I, I think a lot of teams are going to be looking for guys like that. What about defensively, Frank? What are you seeing on that side of the football? I know it hasn't gone great, but uh, what do they do well? They've really struggled. They've really struggled defensively in all parts. Uh, Miles Jack comes back. He's been their best defender. He was the middle linebacker for a few years, and that's not his natural position. He's more of a weak side guy where he can just fly and go to the ball. And, and he was playing really well before he got injured, missed a few games, came back, got hurt again. But now he's completely healthy. So he will be a pretty good player. He, he, is, he has played well. I think the linebacker spot has played well, Mark. Joe Schobert, the free agent they got from Cleveland, has been a pretty good player for them. Miles Jack has, I think, been their best defender. They've been pretty good. Uh, they, they traded for Kamalai Correa from the Titans, who Mike Keith and I were talking about. And he's a pretty good player. He, he's a guy that kind of got lost. Um, in the shuffle because the numbers game kind of got him um, when they got Clowney in, in Tennessee, but he's a pretty good player. So the linebacker play has been okay. You know, the young cornerbacks haven't been bad. Sidney Jones, uh, a guy they got uh, that had been a high draft pick before that they just kind of picked up here. C.J. Henderson, the first-round draft pick, has been okay. So corners have been okay. Linebackers have been okay. The line hasn't played very well. There hasn't been much of a pass rush. Um, there has been very little interior pass rush. They've stopped the run okay but they haven't gotten to the passer. But I think, the, to your question, I think the best thing is I think the linebackers have played pretty well. All right, so what do you think of Colts versus Titans? I mean, obviously the Texans and the Jags would both love to get back yeah. into this thing, but here we have these two teams vying for the division as it stands now. And what do you think of the uh, of the two teams when you compare and contrast them? I think the Titans are the better of the two teams. I, I think they're both good. I think – Philip, in fairness to the Colts, they had to kind of find their way with Philip Rivers. That's with with no OTAs and limited camp and no preseason. So when you bring in a whole new quarterback who has a different skill set and different tendencies, and he's got to learn receivers, that's really hard when there's no 
there's there's no OTAs, there's no preseason games at all. Not that he would have played much in the preseason. So the benefit of the doubt is that it was going to take a little bit of a a little bit of time for Rivers to learn the Colts and the Colts to learn him. I think we all agree with that. But having said that, I I really like what the Titans do. Uh, they've only lost to the Steelers at, at the time. They'd only lost to the Steelers. They struggled a little since. But I I really think the Titans are are pretty good. I think they're tough. I think they're physical. I think Derrick Henry might be the best back in the league. I think they 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 play they play in the image of their coach Mike Vrabel, who's a tough guy. So uh, I like the Titans. Uh, of those two teams, I think the Titans are the better of the two teams. Um, but they're both good. I think uh, in an expanded playoff, I think they're both going to be in the playoffs. So Frank, here we are halfway through the season, and the league is pulling it off. Now they might have to go to sixteen yeah. t- teams making the playoffs, or however they organize that if they end up missing games in the back half, which is going to be more challenging than the first half in all likelihood because of weather or whatever. Uh, but your thoughts on the way it's going amid the pandemic conducting NFL football? I think to this point, Mark, they've pulled it off. I applaud. Look, the NFL is good at what they do, man. I, you watch these other leagues try to figure it out. You watch college football try to figure it out. The NFL is better at all of them and knowing what they do, what they're doing. They, they were ahead of the game with the testing. They were ahead of the game with protocols. Now, they had the luxury of time. When this thing hit, their season was five or six months out, and everybody else or many others were playing. Colleges have their own set of problems because they're, because they're college students and they're, they're, they're packed campuses. I get it. But I think the NFL has done a good job. We were going to lose some games. I'm not surprised uh, that some games got delayed. I think the Titans did a great job of delaying and delaying and then still being pretty good when they played. So mm-hmm. I think the league has managed this, man. I, I really do. I, I think – the NFL is is pretty damn good at what they do. That that's the bottom line. They're good at what they do, and I'm not surprised. As I as I look at the league, as we look at the we were talking about this on our show the other day. The the league's pulled it off. The teams you expected to be good are pretty good. The teams that were going to struggle are struggling. I don't think there's any COVID related storylines. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's no superstars that aren't playing. I think it's come off. I think I think the league has the same storylines you would have had if there had been no COVID. You knew the Bucks were going to be good with Tom Brady. Uh, you knew there'd be a bounce back from teams like the Packers and the, and the Saints. Uh, you knew the, the Kansas City was going to be tough to beat in the AFC. The Ravens were going to be good. I think the Steelers are a little better than people thought. That's a storyline. Honestly, Mark, from where we are, the the biggest, the most surprising storyline is the Texans to us. Because yeah. they were so good, so good last year. The Texans are good last year, man. You know better than anybody. You call the games, and the fact that they've gotten off to a, a slow start has been been unusual. But but other than that, I think it's I think it's it's felt like other than nobody in the stands, it has felt like business as usual in the league for me. All right, Frank. One more for you, and I don't think I've ever asked you this, but let's go convention and visitors bureau here for the Jacksonville okay. area. Give me the elevator pitch. Give the Texans listeners the elevator pitch on Jacksonville as a destination. Yeah, look, uh, it, it's, it's a pandemic right now, right? And that's what we're in. But I love this place. I love the weather we have here. I love I love, I love, love living here. I love the beaches here. I love the river here. This is a, it's, it remains the best kept secret ever. It remains, everybody knows Miami and Tampa and Orlando. People still don't know what a, how marvelous Ponte Vedra is. Well, the tour knows, that's why the tour is based here. Um, it's a marvelous place. It's a marvelous place to go in a non-pandemic time, particularly this time of year. Market's about 73 degrees high. The low's about 58 this time of year here. The weather is magnificent. You talk about a place to go around Thanksgiving to visit for a game. Again, it's a different world now, but it's a great place, brother. One one day when the world opens up, we'll get you in here a little bit early and have a hangout before <laughs> one of these games. But uh, it's a great place, and 
and, and again, it's a weird time here because Florida, Georgia is such a big deal here usually. Yep. And people aren't sure what to make of it. And the whole world's on edge because of an election. And, and, there's, and we don't know if there's a second wave of the pandemic. So it's a weird world here like it is everywhere else. But that notwithstanding, this is a magnificent place. It truly is. I love being the uh, convention and visitors bureau guy for this city. It's a great place. Well, someday I'll meet you on the 17th green at Sawgrass. And, uh, love and we'll it. Talk. Love it. All right. Yeah. Frank, thanks. My so- treat, in fact. We'll All do right. it. All right. Let's go. All right, Frank. Thanks a lot for the time. We appreciate it. Okay, Mark. Anytime. Here's my buddy Frank Frangie, voice of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Such a pleasure to have you listening, as always, to the Vandermeer's View podcast. Check out all the other ones and check out the Texans and Jags Sunday at noon on Sports Radio 610 and the Bull 100.3 FM. Have a great day, everyone. And as always, go Texans.